happening. Margot Finch has announced the theme for the Harvest Festival. <laughs> if this is the first that you're hearing of it, you have not been anywhere near the Commerce Center for the last week because it is the only thing people are talking about. <laughs> the Harvest Festival is titled Little Wop of Horrors. And before you ask, no, she has no idea what it means. <laughs> Margot loves Broadway. She loves Halloween. She loves her obese ginger cat named Peanut Butter, and she loves the Cardi B song that she's only ever heard abundantly censored by DJ Jared when he sneaks in here on Sunday afternoons to play his version of the top 40 hits. <laughs> so as far as Margot knows, W.A.P. is a song about an industrious and hardworking kitty, which I suppose is technically true. <laughs> this is why you can hear Margot happily humming it as she dusts the baubles and more baubles in her aptly named store while she's grocery shopping and when she's waiting for mass to start at the Universalist Church. <laughs> now, so far, we have all silently come to the agreement not to correct her. And I am so proud of the unspoken togetherness, the likes of which I haven't seen since the 2004 power outage. I have never been more excited for a purgatory event or more delighted by the single-minded focus of making this the most incredible WAP experience humanly conceivable. <laughs> the Triple X usually inconspicuously tucked down the alley behind Dan Mars, is a vocal fest sponsor for the first time in history. The ladies over at A Little Sparkle are designing a fest-exclusive, limited-edition Yoni Dangle earring. <laughs> the Universalist Choir has added an acapella cover to their otherwise spooky-themed Halloween concert, Shea Cafe is selling macaroni in a pot, and Dan Mars and Biscuits have teamed up to sell open-faced roast beef sandwiches drenched in four-day gravy. <laughs> I love all of you. I love all of you deeply. And don't worry, my words here are safe. Margot is boycotting my show until I apologize for calling her terrible. And you know what? If this festival goes the way I hope and the way that it should and the universe intends it to, I will apologize because we need this. My God, the, the folks at the Main Street Theater are doing a condensed restaging of Little Shop after the concert ends and the Kids Costumes Awards gets announced. And they're replacing Audrey 2 with a rhinestone bedazzled puppet that I can only describe as life changing and hauntingly anatomically correct <laughs> we will be reborn this weekend truly <laughs> but on a serious note if you have not already signed up to assist with the setup or to work one of the booths please plan at least 15 minutes of your day to help with post-festival cleanup we all want to have a good time, including Duncan and Angela, so don't leave the place a mess. They have enough to do day to day, and they help keep our public spaces clean, so let's apply the campsite rules here. Leave the place better than you found it. Haul a couple bags of trash, stack a few folding chairs. Honestly, every bit of help makes a difference, so when the festival ends, grab a bucket and a mop and get to work. 
Okay, now, this next story is a big one. We're moving on to something a little more serious. On Monday, there was a Samsonite carry-on suitcase found unattended on the playground at Purgit Primary. Playground aide Vela Rutkin spotted it about an hour before school started, and when the bell rang and no one came to claim it, she got a little nervous. So she called over to emergency services at about 10.15 because see something, say something, you know? And uh, before I go any further, I want to reassure Vela. You made the right call. Good work, Vela. Emergency services sent over a couple of deputies, and when those deputies approached the luggage in question, they saw several wires running in and out of it. So, of course, they stepped back and they called in the bomb squad. As you know, our bomb squad is just Nina Bloom. She's the only member of the uh, emergency services that has neither a spouse nor children, so she got tapped last summer to attend a weekend training on counterterrorism in Vegas. And uh, there she had a two-hour workshop on bomb defusal and disposal. She also got a couple of macaws that were supposed to be trained to sniff out explosives, but then she named them Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock and fell in love with them, so she does not really want them exposed to that sort of danger. Nina got down to the school at about 11.15, and they went ahead and suited her up in some old flame-retardant bedrolls that Wendy Steed stitched into a onesie, and a motorcycle helmet donated from the lost and found over at the basement bar. I'll mention, by the time they got her suited up, it was nearly 11.40. So all the kids that had been locked down in the school had made their way to the cafeteria for lunch, and pretty soon all their little greasy faces were pushed up against the glass, staring at a playground they were not allowed to enjoy, and at a woman lumbering Paddington Bear style towards a possible explosive. So if we want to talk about finding an extra $5,000 in the budget, Lavinia, we got to get some curtains for those windows. Because if that suitcase had gone off, which, spoiler alert, it did not, the glass would have shattered into a hundred sweet cherub faces. And the last thing they would have seen before going blind from all the shrapnel would have been teddy bear Nina Bloom exploding into a million pieces. That is not a sight. Uh, that is not a slight on the tailoring skills of Wendy Sneed, she's a master of her craft, but I doubt anything that had once been on a shelf at L.L. Bean has the protective integrity to withstand a carry-on full of C4. Incidentally, the suitcase was not full of C4. It turned out to be the go-bag of little Emma Liddell, a kindergartner that had been excitedly watching the events from the cafeteria. When Nina unzipped the suitcase, it was found to contain three Barbies, a sleeve of saltine crackers, two melted Hershey's Kisses, a pair of Vampirella pajamas, and roughly 30 feet of loose gimp for making friendship bracelets, which is obviously where the, quote, wires came from. It wasn't until Nina lifted the contents that Emma realized she had left the suitcase there the previous day when an argument with her brother led her to set out to make a life for herself on her own. That resolve lasted the entire 15-minute walk from her mobile home to the playground. At that point, she drank an apple juice on a swing, had a few runs down the spiral slide, and then headed for home for dinner, leaving the bag. When she recognized her dolls, she ran out to get her things, which again, 
Had it been a real emergency, we might want to use a budget item to do something for safety, like ensure the doors lock so that children can't actively run towards danger. But in this case, everything turned out okay, I guess. And Nina gets a few days off and a patch for heroism and not exploding. Great work, Nina. Enjoy your time off with Keanu and Sandra. So now on to something a little more personal. Last week, we had a hall meeting because as you know, we are currently knee deep in our budget discussions and everyone suddenly has something to say when money gets involved. So it went pretty much as expected. Lavinia gripped the microphone like it was the only thing animating her million year old body and barely anyone else got a word in edgewise. But uh, I have a different bone to pick. The Cakery Bakery provided its usual tasty assortment of muffins, pastries, and bagels, as well as tolerable coffee. Thank you always, uh, Cakery Bakery. But I was running behind. I had some books to drop at the library, but I had to park all the way over at the roller rink, so everyone had already gone in and sat down by the time I hit the lobby. And the walk was fine. I can always use a little extra leg time, and I, I wasn't worried about being late because we know the first 10 minutes are just going to be Lavinia trying to remember how a microphone works and then monologuing about her family's dedication to the town. But when I walked into that lobby, it was as if I had stumbled into the Upside Down and come face to face with the Demigorgon himself. I mean, I think. I, I only watched the first season of Stranger Things, so it's possible the writers have gone in an another direction entirely. But uh, this was supposed to be a metaphor anyway, so just go on this ride with me. The bagels had been cut into unusable chunks. Someone left an eighth of a bagel. An eighth! Anyone that leaves behind an eighth of a baked good should take a few steps back and think about the series of life choices that brought them to such a dark place. There were multiple muffin bodies strewn across the tray, nary a top in sight, and, and no one can eat those bottoms, not only because they're the inferior half of the muffin, but also because everyone knows whoever took the top used their grubby little fingies to rip the halves apart, and no one is eager to eat something that a mystery human clutched in their multiple pandemic fist like a patient zero basketball. There was a carrot cake slice that for all appearances had been licked clean of delicious cream cheese frosting. That is the action of a child or a sociopath. If there was a cream-filled donut with a finger hole pushed through it, what did you think you would find? And how could it possibly have been so far removed from what you did then find that you left it there? And and when you left it there, did you truly think that some other real-life person would look at it and think, Mmm, I'll, I'll eat that. I'm glad someone stuck a finger in there. Now I have a little window as to what's inside, because I hate surprises. But I love strangers' fingers touching my wet food. Yum, yum, yum. We are supposed to be living in a civilized society. There are rules. There was a cookie with a bite out of it. One of you animals put your mouth on that. What are we even doing? I don't usually advocate for drumming up a posse for justice, but I have seen my neighbors shake off the mantle of human decency and ravage a communal baked good display. Out your neighbors. 
Shame them for the good of all of us. No quarter. <laughs> oh boy, okay. <laughs> I, I, I may have gone a little overboard. I got myself all worked up. So, um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and cool down a little bit with, uh, weather and traffic with Polly. Hey, Polly. Hey there, Davis. It's Polly Dietz with your local traffic and weather. And things are looking a little dangerous out there. Dangerous? A couple of hay bales have gone up over at the Howell Farm. Turns out Roland was trying to sneak a couple of cigarettes behind Reba's back. Oh, no. I I'm guessing she figured it out once the flames kicked up. She sure did. So if you're heading down the DPD, you're going to want to slow down. We've got heavy smoke across both lanes, and Reba has laid down in the middle of the road. Oh, wow. Is she okay? Physically, she's fine, Davis. But she has stated, and I quote, You're killing yourself with these damn cigarettes, Roland. I refuse to be a widow, so the Lord better just take me now. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and uh, where is Roland? Can he get her out of the road? Well, he's trying, Davis. He's going at it like a truck pole, but he's not making much progress, and I've got to say, he's looking pretty winded, which only seems to support Reba's claims. It sounds like a bad scene, Polly. It sure is. So like I said, move slow on the DPD over by Howell Farm. Sheriff Bud Wilkins is on his way over, but he was all the way over at Danmar's grabbing a late lunch, so he might be 10 or even 15 minutes away. Polly, why don't you go help Roland get Reba out of the road? That's called journalistic integrity. I'm simply an observer. My job is to report. Polly... She throws a mean right hook, Davis. I've seen it with my own eyes. Okay, fair enough. You just be careful out there, all right? Will do. This is Polly Dietz signing off. All right, time to wrap up with a few small announcements. Stop by Cakery Bakery for their seasonal pumpkin pie-flavored coffee. Stop by Sports for their seasonal coffee-flavored beer. Stop by Biscuits for their seasonal beer-flavored pie. Bring out your dead batteries for a one-weekend recycling drop-off at Technobabble this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> okay, uh, subscribe, rate, and review because Marty literally will not stop talking about it. And uh, thanks to Chris, who let us know he gave my news five stars. That's, that's a delight. So if you have information for the news, wave down my truck, pop a note on my porch basket, slide a note under the door of the high school radio shed, or email Marty at purgatorynewsonline at gmail.com. Broadcasting every other Wednesday, but certified seven days a week, this is Davis Clarence signing off. This episode was written and recorded by Aaron Olson and edited by Stephen Dion. Polly Dietz was played by Michael Coyne.